Welcome to Games Hub, a talk show and podcast with top experts, world-known influencers, successful entrepreneurs, and investors from GameFi, NFT, and Metaverse industries. Hello and welcome to Games Hub, a crypto talk show with our investors, partners, and remarkable personalities. I'm Konstantin Kogan, co-founder of Gamespad, and we're excited to welcome our special guest today, Shruti Kone, uh, the founder of Crypto Female India, the senior manager at Global Business Development and Partnership with BitTrue, and Crystal Galano, uh, founder of Crypto Female Philippines, head of marketing at Stars. Um, hi, girls. It's really it's my honor to you know join so that you join us. Thank Hi. you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Crystal, I mean, we're gonna go straight to the point, right? You know, how did your previous backgrounds lead uh, led you to, you know, how your involvement in crypto and blockchain industry? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, Crystal, you'd like to go first? All right, sure. Sure. So um, in previous background, I, I believe that I am um, in the e-commerce before, but also focus on the marketing side. When there's a person that asked me to be a marketing advisor of this crypto project before, which is, I think, way back 2014. And then it started from there. I learned a lot of things uh, when I become part of some various projects from the ICO era. Although experience, a good and bad experience, um, by but that by that time, but uh, yeah, currently right now I I'm really loving everything right now. The the involvement of the blockchain in the Philippines, it's not just for me before that they know when it comes to cryptocurrency, all of what's in their head is just a scam pro or something investment. But right now it's it's a really great thing that. Um, a lot of people here already adopt the um, the crypto um, currencies and blockchain also, so it's very interesting um, and intriguing uh, that people knows a lot of about these things. And I become a, a marketing advisor, a PR manager, and then it it went well, really well, and um, applied all of the experience that I have before. So perfect, Shruti. So well, I was. Um, I I'm a chartered accountant, like a pure, pure finance person. I was working on a full-time job with a leading big four. And uh, of course, uh, my job was from nine to probably 10 at night, more than 12, 13 hours I was working a day. And uh, I decided to resign that job. And I wanted something more from the comfort that you really can work remotely. And that's where I came across uh, the Web3 space and the crypto industry. Obviously, professionalism was there. I had an acumen for understanding finance and numbers. Analytics was good. And I was able to pick up the BD role really fast. So took an opportunity to explore the Web3 space. Everybody's learning. Everybody's learning every day new. So there was really nothing that I had. I was missing out or losing out in terms of skill or talent. And it was very interesting because it's a highly dynamic industry, something which is really evolving and everybody's getting involved, especially the new generation. That's how I landed my role as a full-time uh, business development manager with the Bitro Exchange. And once I had you know, hands on the job, I started traveling for a lot of conferences and met people. And that's how I reached Crypto Female. Congrats to both of you. Yours zapped into a minute of my, you know, career journey here. No, no, it's perfect. I think that's, you know, the the brevity is uh, the the sister of wit, as they say, right? So, um, the beauty of uh, what we're having right now in this uh, adoption that you know we have 
blockchain technologies, you know, penetrating like different industries, right? So before it used to see like only in fintech, we used to see like a, as a storage, you know, data point, like, you know, just like creating new values as cryptos, but now we see it everywhere. Insurance, healthcare, like any, any, basically we have in any industry, we have examples of how blockchain as a technology can be implemented. But since you're spearheading particularly two very dynamic regions, India and Philippines, so maybe you can briefly um, uh, share with us in your regions, right? What are the the biggest and the most like massive adoption that you see? What are the sectors? You want to start with Crystal? Uh, so, uh, oh yeah, sure, sure. Crystal, go ahead. Okay. So I think as we look into the various use cases for blockchain, you know, ranging from healthcare, insurance to voting, welfare benefits. I think it's important to note that the pace of a blockchain adoption varies by industry and region. So while some sectors are advancing rapidly in implementing blockchain solutions, others may face regulatory, uh, so technological, cultural uh, barriers. I think for me, the biggest driver for block blockchain's massive adoption will likely continue to be a combination of these factors. So if you're uh, um, asked for the factor that probably I'll, I'll pick up for the education and awareness for me as uh, we um, here in the Philippines, we collectively gain a deeper understanding of blockchain's capabilities, uh, its potential to revolutionize industries becomes more apparent. So for me, having an education and awareness, it, it's, it's a crucial drivers of adoption along with the tangible benefits. It offers to specific use cases within each industry. So as we continue to explore and harness the power of blockchain, I think we're witnessing a fundamental shift in how industry operate with uh, um, em emphasize on security, transparency, and efficiencies, especially that we experienced before in the pandemic. So it was really an exciting journey and I'm honored to be part of it. So um, just to correct, just correct me, I think you are more looking for about how the initiatives have been taken in India for the rise of uh, blockchain in everyday life. That's yes, that one of okay. Yeah, so, so as we know that, you know, India is widely adopting to the blockchain technology. We can see that, you know, there are a lot of major projects which kind of have routed or rooted inside India. So, of course, the rise is definitely attributable to several factors and initiatives. So, one of the main initiatives, I think, you know, which is really attributing towards the blockchain technology adoption is my country's actively promoting digital payments. So, currently in India, you know, you go to any shop, be it as small as just like a cart on the roadside or a big mall or something, everybody is accepting unified payment interface, which is basically like, you know, we are not using any more cash. We are making all digital payments. So this India's digital, you know, India payment campaign, you can say, have been creating a very conducive environment for the acceptance of blockchain-based payment solutions. So that's where, you know, people can appreciate that how transparent, uh, how, you know, uh, entire system is so well-placed. So one, of course, is the digital payment push, which is attributing to the widespread technology adoption. Second, what I feel is that India is also seeing an adoption of the blockchain, you know, technology, especially in the supply chain management. And one of the major, you know, sectors in my country is agriculture. 
So companies are developing platforms to track the production, distribution of agricultural products, thus ensuring a lot of transparency. There's a lot of traceability. So these are two major factors, I believe, which have been, you know, contributing to a widespread adoption. Besides mm -hmm. that, of course, like, you know, Christian also said that, you know, there, there are a lot of education programs running. A lot of companies are taking initiatives. And there's a lot of uh, push being given to startups in terms of skill, in terms of financing them, in terms of getting the right platforms for incubation. So I think, you know, in summary, you know, if I have to say, you know, this uh, entire combination of the factors promoting digital payments, encouraging fintech innovation, and, uh, you know, being very adoptive to this environment is helping for a widespread adoption of blockchain technology. It's interesting. I actually remember when 2016, your your government uh, basically demonetized the higher bills, right, which obviously yeah. pushed people to massively buy everything they can, gold, crypto, anything. Right. So now the path is like continuing. Now, what I've seen, like, you know, Philippines has been like, you know, ranked as one of the top countries in crypto adoption. I mean, in India, we see for the for the past reports, there is more than 150 million people who are like actively either having like, you know, tokens in their portfolio or like, you know, already bought at least once, right? But in, in the ratio perspective, right, you know, for such a, you know, uh, for countries, it's still a percentage is relatively small, right? You know, so my question to you is then, if you think, what do you think is going to be the next driver? Can you provide us some insights of like specific factors, initiatives you think is going to push and maybe double those numbers? You can start like crystal as a uh, traditionally. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So I think, yeah, um, for me in, in both Philippines and India, the, the adoption of cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology has uh, been driven in several key factors. As I've said, um, um, here in the Philippines, we focus on having an awareness at the before just to have the, the, the current situation when pandemic came, there are a lot of people that doesn't have a job and discovered some remote remote jobs when they have um, also um, know that there is something like a blockchain companies that can able to put all of their skills and experience to that and have a like an earnings even if you're just at home everything is closed when, when the pandemic came so um the use the use case of cryptocurrency as also Shruti and, and um, told uh, earlier about the payments, you know, when, here it's already in the digital payment. We're already even in government. Also, we use e-government where we can um, process everything documentally, and um, basically it has a transparency and security as well. So second, um, for me, it's like, um, I think a lack of access of traditional banking services, because the last time that I, um, I as far as I remember, before I entered to have a, a, my own crypto wallet, you know, there's a lot of banks that denying or didn't actually approve 
what I'm applying to have at least a savings account. And there's another, there's a, such a, like for all of those banks, there's just one bank that accepted me and uh, known about the digital payments and how it will be working. So it's offered the financial inclusion, you know, um, to underserve the, the population here in the Philippines. So this has become a driving force for adoption in these countries. So furthermore, a thriving entrepreneurial spirit has led here in the Philippines growth of blockchain startups, also crypto-related businesses, regulatory um, clarity has played in the vital role as countries also like here in the Philippines with supportive and clear regulation um, tend to see more crypto activities. Right now we're actually like having a good um, um, talk with our government and they're actually approving everything in a digital way how we can adopt and also make everyone to understand the blockchain industry so perfect Shruti, what's what's the situation in india so see if i'm going to break down this question because you are talking about the biggest drivers so that there's your massive and overall adoption for the blockchain technology so i think you know i'll break it up into two parts after experiencing the blockchain technology by the handful of people, you know, we have understood that there is more decentralization, there is more trust being created, the, the entire decision making is not in a few hands, it's more transparent, there is of course because of transparency there is more traceability, there is more trust, there is more security. So given these factors together combined, you know, people have been able to find an environment where there's more financial inclusion. There is more interoperability between different, you know, networks and platforms, which is becoming very increasingly important and the requirement of the R. Because of which, you know, these, because of that interoperability function, it's able to facilitate a very seamless transfer of assets and data across various ecosystems. And once this is happening, there is more education, there's more awareness being spread. Now, once we have done this, people have realized that the end result has been that there is better integration. We have gone away with the requirement of a middleman. We don't really have to go back and check. So it's like a digital ledger also, right, which is recording every transaction, every action that is being taken and how a particular transaction is moving from one hand to the other to the other. So and then finally, what are we achieving? We're also achieving a lot of globalization. We are able to, you know, uh, able to encourage more cross-border transactions, which is, again, in a very secure environment. Now, given a combination of all these factors, values that we're adding, we are transitioning from a very traditional way of working to a, to a you know, a use case of technology in the best way. I think together, and when we are able to meet the market demand, we are able to fulfill the requirements of people. We are able, able to bring in speed, security, uh, transparencies, you know. So all this combined, I think, together are the driving forces for the massive adoption in my country. Not even in my country. I think this applies to any and every, uh, you know, business industry which has shifted from traditional way of working to the Web3 space or the blockchain technology. Thank you for, for this uh, part. Obviously, there's more to unpack, right? You know, but we want also to hear from uh, our users, for, from the audience who are like listening right now to you. Uh, so I'll just go straight uh, to their questions. We'll do a blitz. Uh, if you want to answer both of you, great. If not, then we'll do one person per per question, right? And then we'll, we'll 
go fast. So Queen uh, twenty three times uh, from Twitter is asking, how is crypto female contributing to the mainstream adoption of blockchain and crypto, particularly for women? Okay, I'll go ahead. So crypto female, I think uh, before you know we we started with this chat show, we were doing a little informal talking. So what I mentioned was crypto females focus is also towards education and awareness. We, are, we, we recently just concluded a summer camp wherein we did not charge anything from the participants who were attending the summer school. So, you know, from our side, we are trying to bring in more education awareness. We have onboarded a lot of partners who are willing to give the support. So we also have some VC partners. We have incubator partners. We have uh, projects which are onboarded and working with us. So as a crypto female representative, you know, I am just, a, you can say, an interface for letting a lot of people from you know who don't have equal opportunities or you know are not able to get the right resources to come reach out to us and we shall be there to help you understand help you get motivated i think more than education what is required is even the motivation a lot of people feel that this is a new technology they can get scammed so my motive here is more to even educate people that this is very secure you have the resources it's just that in a little bit of learning a little bit of effort from your side is going to help you greatly understand this new technology upgrade. Perfect. Uh, now question for Crystal. So Ashley Demerel from LinkedIn is asking, uh, as a college student, what is the best way for me to get into the women Web3 space? Uh, I'm in Turkey. I think when it comes to that, there's no kind of gender when you want to learn from something, you know, it's an emergent technology. Blockchain is very open to everyone. There's some uh, somehow like um, uh, an online, um, um, like what we do in, in Crypto Female, we, we did that kind of summer comp where we educate people, not uh, specifically in female as also we're, we're so-called a crypto female, but we're open to any kind of gender. And even if it's, it, you're just a, a student, there's a lot of um, things that you need to learn if you're really interested you know and really really passionate to learn from new things on this technology there will be easily for you to adopt anything so that's and what then, i suggest yeah and then you can direct direct message uh you know crystal and shruti after the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can definitely do that even a lot of women in, in crypto female you know you can definitely approach everyone you can learn from that's things from each of us yeah Perfect. Uh, Moxie from YouTube is asking, what skills should women focus uh, on to be part of the mainstream adoption and crypto ecosystem? In which fields it harder to establish yourself as an authority? <laughs> so uh, I think it's a very wrong understanding that you need to be hands-on on particular field, only then you can excel in Web3. Web3 has work for anyone and everyone from every skill set. For instance, if you're a designer or someone who's very innovative, you can explore the NFT designing space. People aggressively look for designers. So for that, you don't really need to know how to use a particular computer software. You can simply pen it down in your sketchbook and you can sell your designs. Like me, I, like I said, I'm a finance person, but I enjoy talking to people. So I explored the BD role, the business development role, where my role is just to go around people and, and tell them. And when I get stuck on a technical question, I forward those questions to the hands-on tech team. So in essence, you know, if you need to have your authority, the only thing you need is confidence and know the job that you're doing. If you are a BD expert, it's really nice that you keep your knowledge updated. You build up your network. If you're a designer, then, you know, you need to invest more time in, you know, designing it. 
if you're more of a tech tech person then of course you know understand that how your technical skill set can help to innovate and bring in something new so it's it's nothing that you have to have a definitely a particular degree whatever you do you put in be passionate about it like crystal said be passionate about it keep reading stay updated and use it in the right direction simple yeah and just to share you know i'm also an undergrad uh, person uh, when in, I'm in college, I never had the chance to get my diploma or certificate, but uh, it's not like a, an excuse for me to learn from this. And I've been in the industry for almost a decade. I've been sharing all of this from my experience. It's not like um, you have to do the best in, in education, like in schools, you know, just to add for that thing. But from my experience, you just need to, to know learn and you know explore uh, explore new things even experts as i think they're still continue to learn about what technology will be and what diversity of our um, technology right now but you know it doesn't stop you from what you want to do and what you want to achieve um, and you need to surround yourself with around people that having this knowledge and you need to love your job i think that's the best thing that's a perfect summary. So we'll go more to, there's a lot of questions about like, you know, <laughs> about the equality and other things, but I want to ask you also more like a data-driven question. Um, there's a question from YouTube. How are analytics helping crypto female measure the mainstream impact of their initiatives? What is your main KPI? Shruti, you want to go? Yeah, sure, sure. So I think our main KPI is that, of course, you know, we are spreading across the globe. That is one because, you know, we're able to get on board more partners and we're able to have a better reach out. Second is about the ed. So one of our key values is education and awareness, which we are doing it by trying to educate the people. So if I am good at a particular skill or a particular subject, so I ensure that, you know, I lecture out on that particular topic because what I'm doing is I'm trying to imbibe my knowledge the way I work into somebody else who's looking for those kind of resources. So I think the two major KPIs that I want to focus right now is, of course, our global outreach and, you know, the kind of partnership. So if you see today's platform given to us by you guys has actually helped a lot of people understand and know and also somewhere get a kind of a push that, you know, yes, this is where we need to reach out to understand this particular aspect. And second is, of course, the kind of education awareness programs that we are doing. Perfect. Uh, now, Ch uh, Chick Fil B from YouTube is asking, "How can zero knowledge proofs become a mainstream solution for enhancing women's privacy in the crypto space?" I believe ZKs are very hot recently. I'm sorry, can you can you repeat that? Uh, I think the question is about zero knowledge proofs. So, um, yeah, again, how can zero knowledge proofs become the mainstream solution for enhancing women's privacy in crypto space? You know, it might be might be related to the question that there are a lot of hacks recently, right? You know, you know, a lot of uh, uh, you know wallets can be compromised, and you know, hackers are operating very, very meticulously. And zero knowledge proofs, ZK rollups, you know, they 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 can improve the security. You know, Shruti was talking about it a little bit, so maybe you have some opinion on that. So actually, I'm not able to understand why zero knowledge proofs. Uh, being linked to women's security. <laughs> that is why I want to understand the question yeah. again. <laughs> because I see, don't know. 
proof have the potential to significantly enhance privacy and security in various domains. Uh, so, I mean, this combination of technology development, education, policy considerations together could be the steps to promote the mainstream adoption of ZKPs. I don't know if this is what the answer the user is looking for, but uh, coming to talking about certain like hacks for security. So we see now, see, if you look originally, nobody was really focusing a lot on audit of smart contracts. It was a part, but it was not a mandate. But I think yeah. after the FTX incident and some more hacking incidents, actually not about the FTX, but more about the hacking incidents. So if you see the security, the audit has become more stringent and people are more particular in reviewing that. Uh, me as an exchange BD, you know, now we don't look that, you know, what is a business commercial that we are closing with the project. We are more into the due diligence. We kind of look at the team who's behind it. What are their credentials? So, I mean, in terms of security, I think steps are being taken. You need to be more aware and, of course, cautious you have to be. That could be also a case in traditional business as well. I think uh, there are a lot of scams that happen in normal traditional businesses as well to do. So I don't know if I've understood the question correctly or not. But if she is trying to understand that how ZKPs can be attributing towards women's security, simple answer would be being you know ensuring that the environment is very secure taking measures to ensure the security of course education and awareness that you cannot let go yeah and we, we've seen this in zcash and many other examples zero coin where the model is basically to to not to trust you know uh, any peers which are centralized and still ensure anonymity right so there is multiple examples, as you mentioned, of this technology. So, and it doesn't have a gender, right? That's the same as your wallet or your desk. So, and I think feedback mechanism. I, I, I sometimes feel that certain people they end up getting into scams, but they're not willing to come and tell it publicly. I think if the feedback mechanism is very strong, it can bring in you know a better environment. Yeah, I think all of us experience that kind of scam, and there will be a lot of more still until now so you just need to be vigilant you need to learn you need to have like um, what they always say you need to do research you know always be vigilant to, uh, when it comes to security of your wallet especially 100 percent. and there's a there's a question on twitter a practical so question that are there any dApps uh, that crypto female is endorsing to make blockchain more mainstream among women not really i don't think so to my knowledge no, because we're um, focusing on, you know, mentoring, um, uh, focus on educating a lot of um, people, not just a specific, like what we said, it's not specifically for all women or female only. Crypto female is a focus on all genders that we can all also share insights, truly inclusive, you know, diverse technology. We're open to anything, but not specific that I know. As far as I remember, uh, we can, we're not focused or, but I think we're open, we're open to do that for in the future, I think. But for now, we're focusing on building a community or a lot of more to be involved with our um, mission here in the Crypto Female. We want to, um, we have a Crypto Female in Germany. We have also in Istanbul. We have a lot of, um, we, we need, that expansion first and to educate them more and to deeply understand what are what will be the mission of for crypto female 
I, I know there might be another provocative question and might be, you know, but like, and since it's already like a lot of questions are very similar. So like, I think we have to at least answer the, one of the last ones. So uh, question from YouTube, both of you are involved in global business development. Does being a woman cause hardships in crypto BD or instead do you have a leverage? <laughs> <laughs> you, you want us to answer on <laughs> <laughs> or you want me to window dress it for the sake of being on a public forum. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there is a slight leverage. There is definitely a slight leverage to be a woman. Maybe because the way we present, I think we are a little less aggressive compared to men. Uh, though, of course, I can be quite ferocious on my BD calls at times. <laughs> 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 but uh, I think because the women are less, so um, somewhere I, I someone just you know blindly gave me a feedback that the very fact that you are here at a conference to you know be a speaker at a panel discussion yeah. just shows a lot of confidence in you. So it'd be really nice to have an informal chat with you. So somewhere I felt that because right now women are little less, you end up making a better impact and people are able to recall you because there are less of women i think uh and this bridges of course it's 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 shortening down so i think the men folk are also doing a fairly good job and uh i don't think so there is a lot of leverage but yeah slightly i think there is yeah i i i also agree that it's a very different energy right so so therefore like yeah it's it actually balances like things out right especially in the team when you have different energies it's very important to um like same as in partnership and you know in your personal life right is that therefore there's uh, a creative thing like that um i would love to ask you more and more i would love to uh for people to ask you more questions too right you know but i i want to just remind people that like soon um you know both shoot and crystal they will be uh first in token to 2049 right you know in singapore which is happening next week literally so if you're going to be there come see them direct message them they're very good in twitter linkedin where do you uh, what where else do you prefer to contact people telegram telegram instagram linkedin i think yeah more in linkedin everywhere so basically everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> yes anywhere you you would prefer and then there will be a blockchain week in philippines right in uh, uh end of september september 28th and 29th but i guess it will be that there's a lot of side events during the week correct there's two there's a philippine blockchain week that will happen on 19 18 19 it's a week and also there's a um they call spice philippines from um the the one that adventus international did and it will it will happen on september 28th and 29th so all right so again if you're there if you're in this region and you're listening to it now or you're going to listen it in the recording please reach out to them there you can as you can tell very friendly maybe sometimes ferocious on the calls but in person i'm sure very lovely <laughs> <laughs> so, um, thank you thank you for your time thank you for what you're doing we really respect the education and we respect your um you know your approach uh to be accepting to be uh caring about this cause and uh we do believe same as you uh that it will actually change the world to be more trustworthy to to be more secure and and faster better in many ways so Really appreciate uh, what you're doing and hopefully we'll collaborate more. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you.
Yes, thank you. And then to everyone who's listening, thank you everyone for joining Games Hub today. And uh, we're going to see you in two weeks at 4 p.m. UTC or 12 p.m. Eastern time and YouTube live, Twitter live, LinkedIn live, all the lives possible, right? You know, so, <laughs> and hopefully we'll see girls live in person or they're going to join us again. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you for watching and listening. See you next time.